Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Chris Barsby about to join us. Of course, Darren Clayton, a regular contributor to Mobile Rolling. And as we know, over the past couple of weeks, Darren's been asking the question, uh, putting two horses, two champions together and asking people to vote, vote and so on, so on, so on. Well, we got to the final and I'll have to be honest, uh, how Lazarus made the final is beyond me. But anyway, uh, Blacks of Fake will end up winning it. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I know you loved him and he was a terrific horse, but uh, you wouldn't put him in the same breath as Blacks of Fake, would you, Lazarus? Uh, no. <laughs> Simple as that. I was just looking at Blacks of Fake's record to refresh my own memory. He had 105 starts for 72 wins, 19 seconds, and a heap of group ones along the way. Yeah, and by a heap, uh, it is a heap. Uh, four Inter-Dominions, Hunter Cup, Victoria Cup, so many features here in Queensland. The only big one that eluded him was the Miracle Mile, but uh, he was a champion, a true champion, no doubt about it. So, uh, so who should have been in the final with Blacks of Fake? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's it's a, a big debate. Great unknown that one. Uh, I'm not sure how that played out, but um, anyway, the, uh, the it's a fan vote basis. So um, obviously the fans have voted for Lazarus, and uh, obviously he's still fresh in the mind, and they've just forgotten about the uh, the deeds of some of the other past champions. Mm. Scott Seal, of course, is the boss of uh, Albion Park, and we may as well ask Scott. How are you, Scott? Good morning. Uh, good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. Which one did? Oh. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a heavy Blacks of Fake fan, and uh, my favourite race was certainly his, uh, his Hunter Cup uh, victory, um, both financially and cheering. But uh, a lot of those Kiwis obviously got a vote for Lazarus. Yeah, they might have multiple accounts, I'm tipping. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> of it. Anyway, I'll hand you over to Chris. There's lots to talk about with Scott Steele this morning, Chris. Yeah, absolutely, and there's some exciting news in the air as far as Albion Park is concerned because the reason I've got Scott on this morning, he's about to announce a big sponsorship for the club, and I want to find out more about it because I don't know what's happening. So Scott's online with us this morning to discuss what is happening as far as this huge new sponsorship deal is concerned. So, Scott, the floor is yours. Tell us what's happening with Albion Park. Well, thanks very much, Chris, and... Uh... It'd be no surprise to let you know that um, our biggest benefactor, our biggest sponsor, Garage, have come to the party once again. So um, had a meeting with Darren and Chris uh, last week, and uh, we've come to an agreement uh, over a couple of years in excess of six figures of cash put back into Albion Park, plus um, uh, uh, services to change over on what will be made public in the next few days, Chris. But, an absolute fantastic deal for Albion Park and once again the Garrard family. Their generosity, they just keep giving. They're genuine people, the genuine harness racing sponsors and um, yeah, we've come up with a cracking deal with them and uh, we look forward to letting everyone know about that. Okay, so the deal's in place. Can you just sort of tease us a little bit? Can you break it down? What is, uh, what is this sponsorship going to entail? Well, you'll, you'll notice a, a very big night on both Summer Carnival and Winter Carnival with some extra promotions for our harness industry participants. You'll see some um, mares races that will have uh, free service to changeovers attached to them. And you'll see a prize money increase on some uh, uh, races as well, thanks to the cash input of the Grads Horse and Hound. So um, 
Honestly, there are over six figures they're putting into the club each year in cash alone. So um, they are by far our biggest sponsors and obviously just genuine people to deal with, Chris. Just on that, Scott, uh, when you refer to the fact that it's cash that they're putting in, is that a little uncommon this day and age with uh, big sponsorship deals? It, it is, Chris, certainly, especially in these times, you know. It, um, to, and clubs obviously need that sponsorship um, um, finance to go into the club with the help of the running of the, of the club and introduce new races and um, new facilities. So it's a must for clubs these days, especially in harness racing, and um, it is a little unusual. Uh, certainly the value that the guards are putting into us, that's for sure. It's great to see that they're getting their resident stallion at Burwood involved as well. Changeover, as we know, he's a New Zealand Cup champion, a previous New Zealand Cup champion, but he's getting the results on the racetrack. We saw one on Tuesday night, in fact, the last race winner, and he looks like he's richly talented and going to do a huge job. His name's Deus Ex, so great to see that Changeover is going to be part of this sponsorship deal as well. Yeah, absolutely, and those mares races that race each week are going to be a monthly sort of final, uh, Chris, which will have a uh, a, um, a service attached to it, which I know the participants will love, and, you know, our breeding's going so good up here in Queensland, and for the industry to be able to get uh, win a race and get a service to change over, how good is that? Yeah, absolutely. That is a, a great coup for all involved there. So we'll look forward to reading about uh, the finer details in time to come. You, you mentioned the Winter Carnival. We've spoken about it previously. Huge success. Summer Carnival is now fast approaching. That's not going to be too far away. What are we looking forward to during the Summer Carnival, Scott? Yeah, Christian, well, that'll kick off um, on uh, the first Saturday night in November. And we've been working very closely with Racing Queensland and uh, we're very close to announcing a new race to start off the uh, uh, Summer Carnival. Uh, a bit like the Hamiltonian in uh, America. So we're just working out the final details. But I can assure you it'll be a $50,000 race um, our, um, together with Racing Queensland, they've come on board. We'll do an announcement of that very soon. But uh, we're just about to put out the carnival. And obviously, the racing in November, even though it probably won't be quite as strong as our winter carnival, there's going to be some good races. And there's going to be some good races there for the locals as well, Chris, and some really good money up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. And just on, on the fact that uh, the Summer Carnival's not going to be as strong as the Winter Carnival, that's probably a, uh, a result of the change in calendar season. We know that Victoria is loading up the back end of their year uh, with a lot of their feature series, like the Breeders' Crown, the Vic Bread. The Inter-Dominion series definitely going ahead. They've made that announcement this week. Harness Racing New South Wales and Club Benangle. So we're obviously going to face some challenges in attracting better horses, but as you outlined, it's probably a great opportunity for the locals to really cash in, get some nice horses and target some good money races. Yeah, absolutely. And and even what well, you said exactly right, Chris, and we're even working on a new race in the Winter Carnival uh, as well, just for Queenslanders, maybe even call the Queenslanders. So um, but absolutely good opportunity for the locals to earn some really good dollars in November. And um, it could be the peak of harness racing in that month. Okay. So the Winter Carnival is definitely our main carnival. The Summer Carnival, uh, obviously not at the heights of the Winter Carnival, but still very strong. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, part of the deal in talking with Darren and Chris Garrard, the success of the Winter Carnival didn't make it a bit easier to sell the sponsors because of the, the feedback that the industry and the public gave us and the amount of um, uh, coverage we've got and the crowd on that last night, the Blacks of Fate, 
as you said, we haven't seen people that many people at Albion Park for a decade. So um, that was a sort of a help seal the deal with the, with uh, Garrard's horse and hand because they can see the club is going from strength to strength. Yeah, it's great, uh, great work being done by so many. Scott, you're at the other uh, charge there at Albion Park. Really appreciate the time this morning. Looking forward to that uh, that press release coming out in the next couple of days, and we'll go through it uh, with a fine tooth comb. But it uh, it sounds very exciting. Really looking forward to it. Good on you, Chris. Talk soon. There's Scott Steele, the Chief Executive of Albion Park, joining us. So good news there for uh, several involved in the industry that there is going to be uh, big sponsorship uh, from the Garrards family and they're putting plenty in, not only as the cash uh, as Scott outlined, but also with their stallion as well, Changeover, and as Scott just outlined, the, uh, the, the, the Summer Carnival, which is fast approaching, uh, some good initiatives being uh, tabled there. So that's probably the music to the ears of our next guest, Graham Dwyer, one of the, uh, the best trainers here in the Sunshine State, does a super job with his team of horses, and he's got a, uh, a busy couple of days coming up because he's racing here, there, and everywhere, but he's been kind enough to join us this morning. Graham, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Always great to hear that sort of news. New sponsorship, good sponsorship, and uh, some big money going uh, tip back into the sport. Oh, it's always great, Chris, and I think we're just on the verge of a um, new taking off in Queensland now, and I think if we just get a new track now, it's or we'll know what we're going to do and get the right facilities, I think we'll just take off. OK. Well, just on that, uh, Steve and I were talking about this last week and we canvassed the opinion of uh, quite a few. In your opinion, what size track would you like to see here in Queensland? Uh, it's a hard one. I'd, I'd like uh, something that the spectator could take full advantage of. So whether, OK, if you have a big track, maybe have a better idea how the uh, our participants could be right on top of it somehow and really be a part of it because the big tracks seem to take them away a bit. So I'm not against the big track as long as they have a bit of foresight to say, right, how can we get uh, that adrenaline to stay in everybody when they're watching the race? Um, I'd be sort of open to that because I don't think that um, we've got the... We have to have the slow horses. I think we've got the fast horses, and why not? Who's to say we can't have a world record holder in Queensland, you know? But we need the right track to do that. Um, I know it's getting a bit way ahead of ourselves, but, you know, our horses can run, um, and they're known, you know, on face value that we can't. But I'll tell you what, their horses will match anyone's in, in Australia. And if we get the yeah, wrong horse, it can match yeah. in the world. It, it, it's a good point you raise, and in particular, given the fact that this is the sunshine state, so it's conducive to fast times because we have good weather normally all year round. Yeah, I just don't think we should sell ourselves short. That's pretty much how, um, what I'm trying to say. Like, what's, what's wrong with dreaming a little and say that we can't be the, the number one place in Australia, you know? And, uh, and I think if they get the next bit right, that'll really, uh, um, all the participants participants involved will have a really good future because if they get that right the crowds will come back um you know the owners the the, uh, the drivers the whole professional side of it will, will be better so we can easily reclaim the mantle of being the speed pacing capital of australia well why, why can't we you know like yeah. um just when you get a horse you don't want to put a limit on them and i think we should do the same with the industry we got we've got a lot of people in the right places you know, want to push things forward, and uh, and I, I think the participants are the same. You know, we've got a lot of younger participants in Queensland, and I'm sure they don't want to live in the in the past. I, I think across the board, all our participants are, are very um, outgoing, and uh, and they definitely want to push forward. And I think we should just jump on the back of that. I think uh, yeah. we're in a good spot.
Yeah, great stuff. Great food for thought there. Let's focus on Saturday night. You've got three runners uh, stepping out on Saturday night. Three key runners as well. We'll start with race two, which is the open this week. May wins best. Uh, this evergreen performer lines up in gate two. It's a mile. Can he lead and win this race, Grant? Well, he'll, he definitely can lead. I think it's a very solid race. Um, and we just got to take advantage when we can lead and, uh, you know, and just leave no grey area that um, it's there. You know, if they want it, they've got to pay a tax for it and it's going to hurt them more than us. So, um, you know, so we're just going to have to do it and uh, when we finish, we finish, you know. Just looking at his form line, uh, numerically it probably reads a little up and down, but there's legitimate excuses in a few of those defeats. Um, he's either drawn bad or just had no luck in running, but here on Saturday night, it just looks tailor-made for him, gay too, and it's his favourite trip, so he's going to take some catching. Yeah, and I think that's the attitude we've got to have. And, uh, you know, there's some good horses that are going to be sort of not far away. Colt 31 will be sort of trailing through there. It'll be quite handy, really. Um, but if he gets shuffled back and they drop in in front of him, it might just take him out of touch. But they'll, they'll be running time. Um, you know, as you see, don't be too far back. Now it's at a bit running at 52-51. So, yeah, it's going to give us a chance to win it, I suppose, if we can run that. Um, but there's crunch time is flying as well. But I, I think he's got to be careful that he doesn't do too much work early. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to see that race nice and early as well. So it's at a good time. The track's going to be uh, uh, ready to rock and roll. So that's a good race, the Open there on Saturday night. Race number seven, Vinny Chase. Uh, this guy is going super. The win, I'm certain, didn't surprise you last week because he's been going some really good races. Can he go back to back? Well, it's racing the same company, Chris. Um, I'd say he needs the same luck. You know, I think all those horses are good, good horses. And... Uh, you know, the fact that they've got that far, you know, I don't think there's that much between them. But his run the other night was probably, um, was quite good. And I think if he repeats that, he gets a good trip, I think he should be hard to beat. Do you have any preference with him being a, a mile horse or a middle distance horse or it doesn't really matter? He's versatile. Yeah, I just think he's a good horse, Chris. Like, he's a very quirky horse, you know. Like, you're working by himself, he sort of doesn't want to go. And, you know, so... I think if he's in the right frame of mind, I think he, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I think he's uh, he's got that natural ability behind him to, um, you know, to make up for for things in a race. You know, so I'm not overly worried where what you, it is or where he draws really. Okay. Do you think this race is going to generate enough early pressure, which is going to help him? I always hope so. Um, I, I think so. I think so. You got Sean Trey there. Um, Invincible Loxton, they all like to roll a little bit. Um, yeah, I've got to be positive, Chris. Let's say yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's Vinny Chase there in race seven. And in the last race, there's no reason why this guy can't go back to back as well. Doug, he was really good last time out. He looks well placed here off the front row. So can he do it again? Yeah, well, it's sort of, you know, you always learn by your mistakes and uh, bringing him back, he was always a bit anxious and um, and when the strands go, he was never ready. So we sort of get with at home where we can just put him to sleep a little bit and he seems to be taking that first step and, and trotting away. So he hasn't missed here, um, trotting away, but uh, and he got away good the other day. So I'm hoping that'll continue and uh, he should go all right. Well, he's been good since being under your care here in Queensland. Just on that last start victory, was was that the best that he's gone in winning a race for you? Um, 
I'd say so. Uh, there's been a couple other races that I, I thought, you know, winning he went quite good uh, within himself. And I think the other day he had to, you know, he had to sort of run out pretty hard to finish. So there wasn't much left. But um, but getting beaten a few times, I thought his runs have been probably the best runs I've ever seen a try to do here. So, uh, but it's just hard to just want to get him in a pattern where he knows what he's doing and we know what he's doing and we'll cross the punters. And uh, I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think we're getting there. Okay, yeah, his sectionals were really strong last time out as well, so he's going to take a power of beating on Saturday night. There's a few others from your stable I just want to ask about as well. Speaking of the trotters, unknown son, what's his whereabouts? Yeah, he had a, um, a big abs, well, sort of a, like a quarter crack sort of there, um, burst out, and it's sort of, um, it's been cut out now and it's starting to grow down, so he might be on the back burner for another few months yet, so... But he needs time anyway. He's pretty young and dumb in the head. So, um, yeah, so that's about where he's at. Okay. One horse that uh, raced for you this week that I want to touch on, you've got a lot of, you know, solid horses in your stable, a lot of uh, horses that, that just try really strongly each time they step out onto a track. But the Harvey Bay, his run on Tuesday night was exceptional. Yeah, he, he's just so gutsy, Chris. He, uh, he never lets us down. He's always got one one faster in the race or, you know, they can cross him early, but he makes up and grip, you know. But um, I think it's just a matter of time you'll find the right race and, uh, you know, he's in a good spot at the moment and uh, I think he should continue to get better. Yeah, he was terrific there on Tuesday night. And she's Miss Divine, the Reckler Vokes winner. Is she back in work or still spelling? Still spelling, Chris. I think she's got another two weeks to go um, and uh, she'll be back and hopefully ready for some of the late races. Okay, summer carnival targets. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, we found a few little issues well along the way, even towards the end of the campaign there. And um, but once again, they're, they're good, you know, lessons to find out. And uh, you know, and hopefully, it'll give us a better horse down the track. So um, we're uh, very hopeful, you know, because I believe the ability's there with her. And uh, I think if we get her cherry right, and I think with the spell now, that'll happen because uh, she hasn't gone backwards from last time. And um, I think we'll be sitting quite well at the end of the year. All right. Well, fingers crossed with she's Mr. Vine. Graham, as always, really appreciate the time. Keep up the great work. I know you're busy over the next couple of days, but here's hoping there's a few winners coming your way. Okay. Thanks, Chris. There's Graham Dwyer joining us. So three runners there on Saturday night, all key runners as well. May wins best in the open. Vinnie Chase, who steps out in race seven, he's going for back-to-back -back wins. And Doug the Trotter also chasing back-to-back -back victories. So he does a super job with his team, Graham Dwyer. Looking forward to seeing how he, uh, how he performs over the next couple of days. I should have asked him about his runner today as well. I, I was keen on one from his stable. Got to have a hobby, but we'll find out a little bit later. Yeah, which Brittany Graham from Sky Chris? Racing joins us each and every Thursday morning, and she's online with us now. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, speaking about Albion Park on Saturday night, I know you'd be excited because Governor Jujon, a, a horse that you're a huge fan of, he finally makes his return to racing. What are you expecting from the Governor on the weekend? It's an interesting one, isn't it, Chris? Because you look at his rating and he's a national rating of 120. So he's the highest he can get now, uh, but he finds himself in a qualifying race. But I was actually having a look the other day at the national ratings of a, a few of our better juveniles. And I think Cat King Cole could return as something like a, a national rating of 68. So it's really not easy for these younger horses that are dominant in their two and three-year-old years when they return as older horses. And 
that's evidenced by Governor Jude John's rating. But he's found himself, I guess this is the only place that he could really kick off in this Saturday night grade. And now he's drawn a little bit uh, ordinary. So um, I'm not expecting him to be driven overly positively, I don't think. Obviously, returning from a, an injury and, and an injury in fourth layoff. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to really go to the well first up, but we know how good he is and we know how versatile he is. But, yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I haven't quite got stuck into the form for that race just yet, and there's a bit of speed to his inside, but we know he's a class of the race. Maybe he can work forward at some point in time, but it will be interesting to see how he returns because he hasn't been asked for a lot in his trials, but obviously on times so his second trial was much improved on his first. Yeah, 17 wins from 24 starts. And it's a good point you raise uh, with his national rating because he's got the same national rating as his stable mate, the Triple Queensland Horse of the Year, Colt 31. Yeah, and King of Swing and, and all of those horses. So <laughs> it really means that, that he's, um, yeah, as a as a, an older horse, he's there on such a tricky mark that his options are limited for where he can kick off his campaign. I want to ask uh, you this morning, Brittany, uh, as we know, we're in this uh, pandemic world right now. Clubman Angle, Harness Racing New South Wales have come out this week, stated that the Inter-Dominion is going to be staged later this year, coming up, uh, I think it starts in late November, goes through until early December. So they are running it. The Victoria Cup fast approaching. We've got border lockdowns. Do you think that's going to play a little bit of a role with the, the, the current situation? I know it changes dramatically and daily. But do you think it's going to be a little bit uh, interesting to see how the Victoria Cup takes shape? Just with the field selection, uh, d does King of Swing, does he make it down there? Does Luke McCarthy want to go down there, drive him, and then sit through the quarantine? So there's a few little question marks coming up with some of these big targets, uh, the Victoria Cup and into the Minion, obviously. Yeah, it's so disappointing, isn't it? Probably 12 months ago we were thinking, OK, we'll get through... Uh, these big races, we won't have an Inter-Dominion this year and then next year we'll be able to, to go back to normal transmission. But that's not the case and we're probably at this stage in, in a worse position than we were 12 months ago. Just looking, obviously I'm no health expert, but just looking at, at what we're seeing now and the case numbers in New South Wales, it would surprise me greatly if we saw any crowd on track for the Inter-Dominion and then with that comes the issues with travelling horses. It would surprise me and I know that our nominations are closing in the next month or so but it would really surprise me if there was uh, very much New Zealand interest if any at all with their uh, New Zealand Cup Carnival and for the Trotters Dominion and good prize money in their backyard. I'm just not sure of course, we saw the Williamson bring Majestic Man over last year for the trotting division, but I'm just not sure if we're going to see any New Zealand interest at all. And then uh, with the Victoria Cup, it's only, you know, two months away and I'm seeing case numbers grow again today in Victoria. So last year, I know that King of Swing went south of the border for the Victoria Cup without Luke McCarthy, but it would really surprise me if he went this year without him, put it that way. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds. And as we said, uh, you know, it changes daily, so we'll just have to monitor the situation day by day. Just going back to last Saturday night, we had our final Group 1 race at Albion Park for quite some time with the Albion Park Gold. Cat King Cole, uh, she was turned over. It was a 26-6 opening quarter. My ultimate Levi was able to shoot through, and it just uh, it, it caps a... Well, I'm not saying a fine year because the year's far from complete, but uh, the, the run for Tumby Park in particular, just unbelievable. They've got some uh, awesome firepower at their juveniles, and we saw it again there last week with that winner. 
Yeah, the stats are quite unbelievable, aren't they? I know that they invested heavily at the yearling sales last year and they're obviously reaping the rewards this year. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's how it has transpired this time round. But yeah, as you mentioned, the, the year's certainly not over and for... Uh, you know, with the Victoria, well, with the Vic Bread Series and the Breeders' Crown upcoming, there's multiple horses in that stable that are going to be targeting those races and are going to be right up to them as well. And I think it really does work in um, the southern states' favours now how the year is playing out. Uh, with the APG races earlier on, it gives an opportunity for these young horses to have a mid-season break. And whereas they would have been three-year-olds in the past, they're still eligible for these two-year-old races. But with not an extended long season, normally we'd be looking at a breeder's crown at around this time and a fair few very, very tired two-year-olds. So it's going to be interesting to see how the fields play out, whether there's bigger support for these races with them later on in the year, uh, whether we see some horses bob up towards the back end of the year that we haven't seen yet, that sort of we're not even considering at this stage. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those races play out. And then, of course, uh, we've also got the Victoria Oaks and Victoria Derby that we're not used to seeing at this time of year either. But, yeah, just back to those uh, juveniles from Tumby Park, it's been a, certainly a, a six months or seven months to remember, and it's not over yet, is it? No, certainly not. Uh, given that uh, my Alderman Byron, who's probably the number one two-year-old in that uh, setup, uh, is set to return, so he's got some big races uh, just around the corner. Uh, let's find a winner for the weekend, Britt. What have you come up with for our listeners this morning? Well, there's some tab markets open on the feature races this weekend across Gloucester Park tomorrow night, also. Kilmore Saturday, Menangle Saturday and Albion Park. And I've had a good look at them to see if we can uh, get a bit of a gauge on the price. And obviously crunch time's the obvious one on Saturday night in what is that second race on the card. But I'm just not sure I want to take the shorts of a dollar fifty-five about him just listening to that chat with Graham Dwyer. I was sort of umming and ahhing whether I thought he'd find the lead, but that has confirmed my thoughts that he's not likely to. So I'm going to look at Menangle on Saturday night in the open class race and I think Burnham Boy well he's been runner up at his last four starts so surely he's due to clock in uh, or to cash in here race five number seven Burnham Boy and what is the garage Paul Fitzpatrick free for it's over the 2300 he has a really good staying record I don't see there being a horse to his inside that would be too keen to park in knowing how well he's racing so if he rolls forward a few starts ago it looked as though he had his chance over the 2300 metres but just sectionally, the horses that beat him or the horse that beat him, double encounter, was just unbelievable. So if he can run a, a sub-54 closing half again over the 2,300 metres, it would surprise me if he was beaten this week. And he's not paying too badly at 270 presently. There's been good money for Pocket of Terror. But race five, number seven at Menangle on Saturday, Burnham Boy is my way to play this weekend. Okay, love it. Race five, number seven, Burnham Boy, currently at 270 if you want to shop early. Brittany, as always, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll chat again next week. Thanks, Chris. There's Brittany Graham from Sky Racing joining us. Uh, she just mentioned Gloucester Park. Tab do have some early markets available for this big meeting coming through tomorrow night. Ten of the best over in the West tomorrow night. One of the features is race five. That's the Group 2 Binshaw. And we've got another really exciting open race, which is race number four. Magnificent Storm going up against the, uh, the, uh, the Bond Camp. Mighty Conqueror, Patronus Star. So that's a really interesting race. Matt Young each and every week joins us. He's online with us again this week. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Who wins that free-for-all there tomorrow night? 
Uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm in the corner of Magnificent Storm. Uh, we've mentioned on this show before that uh, he's a horse that gets better with more preparation uh, as the time goes on. He was clocked the other day. I'll just uh, quote these times. So he didn't look all that impressive when you really think about it for the uh, marathon handicap. But having a look at his sectionals for the marathon, uh, for the 3,200 metres, he went 3.56.9. Uh, his first 400 metres to catch the field was in 29.2. He rated 256.7 for the last mile and a half, 225.9 for the last 2,000, 156.5 for the last mile, and at the back end of 3,300 metres, he still finished on in 58.5 to uh, get the victory. He goes back to a mobile. I think he's got the speed to lead. I think Ideal Liner will hand up to him, and he'll have Mighty Conqueror chasing. So I'm with uh, Magnificent Storm in that free for all. Okay, so that promises to be a really good race, uh, tactically as well. It'll be interesting to see how some of those horses land. So, magnificent storm for Matty. What about the Group 2 Binshaw race number five? Uh, Al Guerrero, we know he loves to lead in his races. Can he take this field all the way? Yeah, I think he can. Like, this is a really good race for him. He's had a couple of battles before when he's led and been beaten by Elder Blues. We know how good Elder Blues is. He's up in the free-for-all grade now. El Guerrero went into free-for-all last start. He took the sit on Vampiro. He had a nice one, and he battled on really well, finishing third. That was over 2,500 against stronger opposition. He drops back in distance seven days later and back in class with the draw to lead, and he should just uh, really thrive on this. So, look, I think he'll lead, and I think he'll win the Binshaw of Group 2 level. OK, El Guerrero there. What is your best bet coming through on this program tomorrow night? Uh, race 7, pretty keen on that euphoric moment. The horse was uh, a narrow second at last start to our best bet last week in Mandy Joan. Uh, and look, I think a euphoric moment can get across to the breeze. Not a quick beginner, so uh, there are a couple of quick beginners underneath, which doesn't particularly worry me with the smaller field. I think uh, Denny Roberts will let uh, the gelding settle and then work forward to the breeze after the lead time and then try and outstay them. He's a pretty nice horse, Euphoric Moment. He's knocking on the door, and I think this is a really good race for him. So race seven, number five, Euphoric Moment for Denny Roberts, seeing that, that uh, being the best bet. OK, so race seven, number five, the best bet for Matty Young tomorrow night. The first of ten getting underway over there local time at 5.12 tomorrow night. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. We'll be chatting again next week. Cheers, Chris. See ya.